So I've always really considered myself to be the type of person who is a very good decision maker. I am generally, generally I know what I want, I am concise, I choose something and I commit to it. Um, I thought this until I spent probably more than an hour standing in front of the different paint colors at Menards. It's a tough choice. I'm sure you have experienced this as well. Somehow choosing paint color for the inside of your home is a very high pressure decision, in my opinion. Maybe one of the most high pressure decisions you'll ever make. I don't know. I spent so long deciding what would be the right color of brown. Brown. Would it be too light? Would it be too dark? Did it have the right undertones? Should I do an accent wall? Would I hate it in a month? All of these thoughts went through my head. And then I had to also pick out a white, and I'm not even gonna tell you the anxiety that that one produced. Now to me, this was a very tough decision, but I certainly will not be so bold as to say that it's a life or death decision. And you probably won't find any passages of the Bible entitled, Molly Picks Out Paint Colors. <laughs> but today we have a story with a lot of difficult choices in them. We are entering into the book of Exodus. Now Exodus is, of course, mainly known for the story of Moses, who is born at the end of our passage and the story of him helping to release those Israelites from slavery in Egypt. And Genesis that we finished up last week, it leaves off with the story of Joseph and the forgiveness that he shows to his brothers. But now we're moving about 400 years past Joseph and we are still located in the land of Egypt and the Israelite people are enslaved. Now, the descendants of Joseph and his brothers live in Egypt because that's where they came, right, to escape the famine in the land. Remember as well that the Israelites are called that because they're all descendants of Joseph's father, Jacob, whose name gets changed to Israel after he wrestles with God. Now, there are quite a few important details in our passage for today. But when we set the stage for our story, one of the first ones is that a new king arose over Egypt, a new king who did not know Joseph, meaning that the pharaohs of Egypt didn't remember how important Joseph was. His position of power, he was essentially Pharaoh's right-hand man. And they certainly don't remember that Joseph followed the God of the Israelite people, who saved so many from starvation when he came to Joseph in those prophetic dreams. This is also combined with the detail that those Israelite people were prolific in the 400 years that they were around there. They had a lot of babies. Their numbers were becoming more and more noticeable amongst the land. And we hear that Pharaoh didn't like that. Indeed, it made him scared. He was afraid that these people would rise up against him or join his enemies. And so, what do people naturally do when they are afraid? They make decisions to hold on to their power. 
So Pharaoh forces the enslaved people into really, really hard labor. We hear that they build cities and maybe they even built a pyramid or two. And yet that doesn't work. They don't seem to decrease. And so then Pharaoh decides another decision motivated by fear. He decides that all the babies, all the baby boys should be killed. And he entrusts these two midwives, Shifra and Pua, to enact his orders. Now, another important thing that is easily just glossed over about Shifra and Pua is that they know God. Now, they know the God of the Israelites. It says in our text that they feared God, but Whenever we hear feared God in the Old Testament, it doesn't mean that they were scared of God, like he was going to pop out behind a door or they'd find him in a horror film. It means that they respect God. It means that they see God as this powerful and active force in their lives. It's not necessarily associated with the assumption that God's going to smite them if they do any little thing wrong. No, these are two Hebrew midwives whose job titles imply that they are supposed to bring forth life, life for a community, and who make this very difficult decision to thwart the power of Pharaoh by not killing the children of their fellow Hebrew-speaking people, the Israelites. Now, Pua and Shifra's decision is obviously very different than my paint one. I would describe their decision and in relation, the decision of Pharaoh and Pharaoh's daughter as a moral decision. And we know that moral decisions are tough these days. We all work from different types of value systems, from different lived experience, different motivations. It is a struggle sometimes to know right from wrong. And what's more is that we often love to feel like our morals or value systems are better than others. Within all of this, I truly believe that it is complicated. There's not really an easy answer for every moral decision that you face. And Pua and Shifra's decisions weren't easy either. Indeed, we might think that it's very clear. Obviously, they shouldn't kill the children of the Israelites. Or we might think, obviously, Pharaoh is in the wrong here. He shouldn't fear those immigrant Israelites in the land. But it's rarely ever that simple. Pua and Shifra are walking this very thin line. Pharaoh wields an enormous amount of power. He sees himself not just as the king over all of Egypt, but as a god. And their act of denying Pharaoh is terrifying. It takes an immense amount of courage. They're endangering their own lives in this decision. So what is it? What is it that causes Pua and Shifra to choose a different moral code than the one that Pharaoh is attempting to force upon them? What equips them to make a tough decision that goes against Pharaoh's order? 
Do you know? Anybody? They know God, guys, right? Yes, they fear God, they know God. It's somehow that even after years of slavery, these women still know the same God as Joseph, the God who works through dreams to save people from hunger, and the God of Abraham who says that your people will be fruitful and multiply, the God who in partnership with people gives creation new life. And it's very easy to just gloss over the fact that they know God, or as we hear it, they fear God. But it's so important. It's so essential. It is truly what makes them different from Pharaoh. Indeed, um, as I was thinking about how on earth did they really know God this closely, I woke up in the middle of the night this week thinking about it at 2 a.m., and I got into it deep. So I want you to consider some other things. Pua and Shifra, obviously, they didn't own their Bibles, okay? That hadn't happened yet. They didn't know Jesus. That's way before their time as well. It's long before the time of books. And as an enslaved people, they probably didn't have the luxury of writing their stories on scrolls or papyrus. And it is even before the Ten Commandments or any sort of law code. It's before a lot of the things that we define as religion or faith or any of those things. And these people have been suffering. They've been suffering under the power of the Egyptians who forced them into hard labor. There's probably not a lot of time for personal religious study. God, at this point in our story, has only come to folks in visions and dreams, in blessings, and in lived experiences. And so I woke up asking, what do we know about their lived experience that would cause them to know God? What jumped out at me the most is that because of their profession as midwives, it's apparent that they knew their community. They're called Hebrew midwives, and they served the, the women of the Israelites by helping to birth their babies. They have this calling to be present within their community and to serve the people who they call their neighbors. While they don't have written texts and stories might have been few and far between, they still have this community. The Israelites might not have specific rituals yet or a creed or a law book or anything like that, but they still have this faith a faith that is present through their community, through their ancestors who heard God's promises and who believed in them. And so this, this is what I believe our story teaches us for today. Faith can be found in the simplest of means, in love for a community. And this faith, it most definitely informs us to love and to fear God in a really powerful way, because it is the same type of faith that caused Pua and Shifra to make that difficult decision, to thwart Pharaoh's terrifying power and to choose a different moral code. And this is an interesting reminder for us, because you all are gathered here today in a Christian community, 
You may or may not know the person next to you, but you have that opportunity. And you all are people who at times will also face tough decisions, even moral ones. So hear this, community is essential. It is essential for our faith. And community is essential when we face the difficulties of life because community teaches us that we are not alone, but that our moral decisions affect one another and that in them we are called to value one another. So if we had nothing else, if we didn't have our texts or our rules or anything like that, we would still find that God is at work through this community. Because we gather together, God is an active force, guiding us and giving us each other when we face the difficult. God is calling us God calls us to choose the path of Pua and Shifra to make a decision based on community and out of love. Amen.